Amused Boosh is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Let's fucking go. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Amused Boosh. We are returning to our conversation with Chef Sam Hart of Counter. The way that I like to describe it is that, you know, it's been, you know, the past year and a half has been us creating the framework, developing the foundation, get, getting our team to understand how the service works. And, um, you know, our new chef de cuisine, Alex, said it very succinctly. And it's kind of our motto going into this new menu of sauce, which is we've been walking for the past year and a half. And now it's time to run. Like we have, we have everything figured out. Like as far as a fundamental set, our guys are hungry. They're excited. They want to push. And then Alex is like, all right, let's fucking go. And he's a very, you know, lead from the front of the pack type guy. And great leaders everywhere on this team. Well, you know, the thing is, is that I can guarantee you right now, if I was to take my youngest person in the kitchen who only has a year and a half, like maybe two years of, of uh, kitchen experience, I was to throw him to any single restaurant in all of Charlotte, he would run that place. I'm sure. Yep. And, you know, that's what we want to happen. You know, because he's at max, he's only allowed to be a counter for another year and a half, right? Right. So I have a year and a half to develop him, and then he's going to go somewhere, and he's just going to completely gonna blow own it. Out. it. Yeah. He's going to own it. And, you know, that's, you know, that's our goal. But, you know, while he's here, it's like, all right, we have to push. You know, what can we achieve in these three months? Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of, you know, what we, it was kind of just this additional thing that we've realized as we started is like, okay, we only have three months. We only have, you know, one hour left until family meal. We only have 30 minutes until people walk in the door. You know, what can you do for those 30 minutes to push and make, you know, things better? And, you know, they now understand that and it's going to be really cool. I mean, they all know. Every single person that works at Counter and will work at Biblio, they know that September 9th, 2032 is the last day of service for Counter. Mm-hmm. We will close the doors of Counter September 9th of 2032. Mm. So we we have a hard hard That's stop. It. You know, we have to do everything yeah. that we possibly can over these next 10 years, and then we're done. I love that. Now, hey, yep, you talk, say it. Family meal. Mm-hmm. What's family meal at Counter like? Uh, so it depends. You know, sometimes our uh, baker, Glennis, she makes it. Sometimes we throw something together. Uh, sometimes we get something from someone that has a, um, a spot at the city kitchen. Sometimes it's ordering a pizza from Benny's. But regardless, it happens every single day. Um, and you can't fuck up family meal. They make really Ultimate. good chicken and grits. So I'll bring you food for family meal. Let's do it. Let's do it. But yeah, like I'll come and eat it. I can't, <laughs> I can't promise to like, bring anything. But <laughs> like, this is how important family meal is. You could send out like, like raw beef to the pass. And I won't get as mad as if you fuck up family meal. Right. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing to anyone at counter is the staff. Even like the guests are the lowest priority on the table, right. which is kind of funny. It's the reverse of how most restaurants work. But the number one priority is the other employees. So if you're going to just throw something together and it be crap for your family members, then that shows me where your exactly. head is and where your heart is. So, so. that's somebody that's not following. And, and again, like right. you take care of them so they can take care of the guests. Right. Exactly. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but yep. in reverse to how mm-hmm. we normally see it, right? You take yeah. care of them and then they can take care of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it, 
what I really appreciate about the fact that you, you know, have this goal of getting people out in three years, that's it, mm-hmm. you know, you got to go out, is that it also, you know, supports also your goal of having this city have more of this, right? right? So that when they're Spread going out, the they love. can run any of these mm-hmm. kitchens, right? And then they can drive whatever their experience should be and become, mm-hmm. you know, competitors and colleagues and, you know, all of those things. And it continues to grow the yeah. city in, in better ways. And so I just, I think that's an excellent way and to... And you've infiltrated. Yeah. But yep. also, <laughs> you, you already alluded to it, and I wanted to talk about it. Mm. Let's talk about Biblio. What yeah. is Biblio? Because right now, I've got... So thinking about how counter is like a music experience, mm-hmm. now I'm like, I'm going to get served soup out of a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'd eat the soup. I'd, I would eat it, I'd 100%. Totally eat it. Like, just in the middle of Oscar Wilde, like, picture Dorian Gray, and just be like... Yeah. That's... Cream and mushroom? I told you I got ideas, Sam. Let me work for you. (laughs) Sounds good. I don't know. Oh, my God. You'd probably do a good job with it. It'd be amazing. I would not So, Biblio, I'm actually kind of like, there's got to be a spot that has the same concept as Biblio. I've just not seen it. Like, because it seems so obvious. But, so at Biblio, what we're going to do is you buy a bottle of wine, then... You've already got us. You've already got us. So you buy a bottle of wine. Our sommelier. So this is why we're not going to feed that many people every single night at Biblios for the you know kind of this reason. Taking Bill over there, right? Yeah. So um, you know Bill will come back to the kitchen and be like, you know, to our chef de cuisine there, he'd be like, Chef, um, they got this kind of wine, and then he has this gigantic Excel spreadsheet of tasting notes on this wine, right? And what it would pair with. And he's like, Okay, this is what it pairs with. We have to make some sort of grilled dish using pork that has this kind of side and no acid. Do it. And every single like dish that he makes is going to be different because it's a different bottle of wine, different part of the season, whatever. So we're, it's a reverse engineering on the on wine pairing. There was a place in, in Houston where you'd walk in and say what you were in the mood for or like what you really are feeling yeah. that night. And then the chef would make something based on their conversation with so you. So there was a place uh, in Monroe, North Carolina, but they did it during lunch. It was called the Whimsy. So the name of the dish was called the Whimsy, and it was at like Stone, ta- stone Table in Monroe. And I thought that was like so ingenious. Yes. And how do uh, we know it's not like what's about to turn in the kitchen? Though? Yeah, like, this is oh, the soup of the day. So That's 100% what it was. <laughs> how do you think specials existed but in I restaurants? Lo- yeah. Something about so to go. But here's a tip that. for everyone listening never order a special at a restaurant. Because yeah. it's your last Boom. day, you got to throw it yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still going to do it's it. It's special. Here's it's still the thing. Good. It smells special. Still this good. is, I, as I get older, mm-hmm. I've become more stressed about dining. I, like, this has become a thing for me where. Um, I like really love a restaurant that has like pictures of things because like <laughs> if I read it, I'm like I can't envision it. But I get serious anxiety about like what I'm going to order because I stress about whether or not it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. My preferred way to eat is for someone to just serve me a thing yeah. that they think is because I would have never ordered that on my own. Mm. Right. Which is why I love your restaurant because it's just you pick the menu mm-hmm. and I get to experience We're it. Yeah. No because restaurant I never, we ever open will have a menu. It, that's my whole like. Oh, thank it. you. Like I'm going to be your biggest fan. I'll just be your groupie. Like I'll make you a flag, whatever you want. I will sing karaoke for you whenever you want. <laughs> like okay. this is a whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Take that's her okay. up on that. That's a good offer. <laughs> Strong. That's pretty good. Strong. If that gets a season tickets, man. I'll do whatever it takes. Song and dance. <laughs> I have received the most outlandish offers to sell more but, season tickets. I understand. What's the craziest one? So the craziest... Other than the non- and karaoke. The craziest non-sexual one? So the craziest... <laughs> so the most money anyone's ever wanted to throw our way for a season pass was $3,000. Which, if you do the math, it's like makes no sense. 
because it's like four times more than what the season pass is worth. But they realize that they get first dibs every single time right. that it comes out, and they get first dibs on you know everything. So they know that they'd be grandfathered in, and I only sell a certain amount. And if I already have sold all that for that following year, then I'm not going to sell any. Um, so we were offered three grand, did not accept it. Um, offered four grand, said okay. <laughs> nope. I've never taken a single bribe for literally, literally anything. Um, That's awesome. I'm pretty so. Well, I take that back. We sounds like a challenge. To I was going to say accepted one bribe one time. So someone really wanted these three tortellini one time from like so it was a, a dish that we had on God, I can't even remember what menu it was. Um, the person who has oh, a it was a red hot chili peppers dinner that we did. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, it was three tortellini, and he was like, "How much do I have to pay to get three more tortellini?" And I was like, hundred dollars a tortellini," and he was like, "Sold." What the fuck? Yeah, so he bought three tortellini. I also for know how to use a credit card. So. We gave him the plate that it was into, so we were like, "Oh, that's Enjoy awesome. that." Oh I God. signed this wooden disc that was his placemat too, and gave it to him. And I was like, "Cool." That's pretty go. amazing. But yeah, three hundred dollars for three tortellini. Because you know, right when they think they what can't. was in the tortellini? Blue cheese. All right. Okay. No. Yes. Okay. No. I mean, blue cheese was the sauce for the tortellini. Okay. I can't fucking remember. They didn't have anything in it. It was air. It was just, just jokes air. on this chump. <laughs> Essence of tortellini. That's right. Just it's like it's pasta water of breath. Greatness. I mean, I'd still eat <laughs> it happily. Just inhale it. I'm, yeah. I'll work my way up to that three hundred dollar yeah. plate, I guess. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about food these days is that people just make up shit to call things. Yeah. Oh, like the deconstructed, like, mm-hmm. I love there's like a meme about deconstructed peanut butter and jelly yeah. online where it's just, you know, something that's yeah. just. That's why we say, like, on all the menus, like, we say what, like, the name of the dish is, and then it's just, like, all the ingredients. Like, we're not going to say that this is, you know, a waft of strawberry. Right. So strawberry. ridiculous. We, we, so Memories last night I was, served, juice. I was served a cloud of. God, I can't remember. I was, it was ser- I was served a cloud of something on top of uni, and I was like, a cloud. And then I like went into dating, and I was like, oh, okay, he was right. Yeah, right whatever. Was a cloud. <laughs> that was a cloud. I have a heavy-hitting question for you. Perfect. I love doing hot takes. I hate mm-hmm. beets. Mm-hmm. What do you hate? What do I hate? What do you hate? What's like an ingredient like or thing that cannot. you just like, just no matter how many times somebody does a chef-y thing to it and says, this is different, you're like, no, fuck that. I hate that. Mm. Um, one thing that's actually kind of become this like funny running joke in the kitchen um, is that I cannot stand cooked salmon. Wow, interesting. I like I like like yeah. raw or cured or like sushi it's salmon. The perfect food. But I don't like cooked salmon because it always tastes the same. No matter what you do to it, that's it tastes exactly the same. But what's really funny is that I've cooked it a lot on the menus. Um, for so other people, because you know other, other people, people like salmon. Yeah, I love but it. like, who's in charge yeah. of tasting the salmon to make sure it's okay? Everyone I'll do else. It. I'll yeah, volunteer. I volunteer. <laughs> yeah, but like that—that's one of my weird ones. Um, we get some outlandish dietary restrictions that just mm. like make me giggle, and then I like look back upon myself. I'm like, well, you don't like cook salmon, so you can't say shit. <laughs> so, so are there is there flexibility for folks? So, for example, oh, yeah. my partner was a little hesitant to participate because he, you know, does not eat. Mm-hmm. Um, shellfish or pork and so you know we think we shared like oh we had this amazing scallop yeah yeah. right and he doesn't eat kosher anyway but like you know those are his two exclusions and so he was like he was like i'm worried that my experience will be different and not as good because that pork that was intended with those sauces i won't have that dish so you know what's really funny is like the guy who's coming in at the restaurant like the fourth or fifth most times he has a shellfish allergy and he doesn't eat pork um so boom do you hear that jacob we're in buddy we got you dude we um 
we accommodate all dietary restrictions. So 15% of the population in the United States has a dietary restriction or allergy. So in the Charlotte metropolitan area, that is 500,000 people that you're saying, go fuck yourself, all your family and all your friends, if you don't eat gluten, which, you know, or whatever. So we accommodate literally every single dietary restriction. We've had a vegan celiac come in that didn't like mushrooms. We had someone, yeah, we had someone that had like these really intense, um, like, uh, stomach issues or whatever. And they gave us a list of like 16 things that we couldn't serve them. And we still did a 10 course tasting menu for them. Yeah. And do you find that to be like an extra challenge? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It forces us to be creative. When you first start working like a counter, you get really annoyed, but then you realize, Oh, I've been making the same thing every single day for like these three months. Now I have to make something different because this person can't have this one thing. What makes it really interesting is that when they have an allergy to literally the only ingredient in a dish, and then we have to make a completely different dishes for them. Mm-hmm. We had a dish that was, um, it, it was on our very first menu. It was a ravioli, and it was all about corn and crawfish. That's all it was. Well, this person was a vegetarian, and they were allergic to corn. Oh, my God. They must have been skinny as hell. I mean. Yeah, so we had to make a completely different dish just for them that the only time we ever made that dish was just for that one person. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Um, most chefs hate that, but well, I think it's cool. That just says so much about you and what you are doing with Counter and, mm-hmm. and ideally you know, just who you are and wherever you will go and whatever you will do in the future. Is that well, all my people. All your people, so yes. So, like, I, you know... Sam's about to cry. No, cry. I'm not going to cry. Um, I do cry a lot. I am a crier. Oh, but um, you drink more of this white wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's I when I first got into culinary, I wanted to be the Michael Jordan of food. Like I wanted to be the apps. Like my goal from when I first got into my first culinary class is that I want to be a top fifty chef, like in the world. Like that was my goal. And then I realized how boring it is to be the Michael Jordan when you can be the Phil Jackson. So, like, for those of you who do, don't pay attention to basketball, <laughs> Phil Jackson. Put in soccer terms. So it would be like, well, I mean, Maradona, like, won on both sides. Yeah. Well, Phil Jackson did, too. Yeah, Look yeah. at that. So, But Phil Jackson was the coach for Michael Jordan when they won six championships. Then he went to Los Angeles and won five championships with the Lakers. And he won one as a player for the Knicks, so he has 11 rings more than anyone ever. Um, 12 rings. Sorry, I can't do math. <laughs> so I was like, why would I just want to be the coolest, like, best cook in this kitchen when I can teach all of them and help them and develop them in a place where they become awesome? Then they'll go somewhere and they'll be awesome. And then everyone will know they started a counter. It's a legacy. They worked it there. Is. Exactly. So even though he was the biggest asshole, like, in Chicago food history, Charlie Trotter will forever be known because Charlie Trotter was where Grant Atkins cut his, um, you know, you know, got his stripes, where Curtis Duffy went, Beverly Kim, like all these people worked at Charlie Trotter's. And my goal is to be one of those chefs, but do it in a positive way to where I know that when my people leave the restaurant, they will take care of their people well too. Because there's just so much negativity and like, disgusting like cesspool of you know shit yeah um so trying to clear that up a little bit i can attest just having sat there and experienced the whole end-to-end counter you know dining the whole visionary experience is that you are just one cog in that that very Mm -hmm. in you know elaborate wheel and it feels 
like every single person has a critical role to play. Mm-hmm. And at the end, when you bring everyone out and everyone gets applauded yeah, for that, it's, it's the curtain call. Mm-hmm. And again, because it is art and it is a performance and it is all of this magic that occurs all together in this choreographed dance, mm-hmm. that is, again, just the best possible thing for us to experience is that every single person gets the credit that it's due because right. every single person poured everything into that dinner that night. Yeah. It would never be successful with just you. Yeah. I mean, and they work hard. Yeah, I mean, it's I when we were doing pop-ups, I would have like a 120 element dinner and I would prep 100 like 100 to 110 elements of that. And I would not sleep. I was losing my mind. The quality was not of what it could have been. And so then I was like, no, you have to delegate. You have to and you also have to delegate things that you're excited about. Like you mm-hmm. can't just keep all yeah. the fun stuff to yourself. Like you have to throw them that too. And then just like boom, like yeah. now they're excited. And so we, we actually like totally flipped everything. Like it was, this is the last night of service on our last menu. I was like, fuck it. We're going to take our least trained person. He's running the pass. Our most trained person is still going to be on saute. But like now everything comes through this kid who doesn't have that much experience. So now he gets to see how everything is done mm-hmm. and he gets to have his hands on everything. And so that's how we're going to kind of like, you know, go from now on is like, Usually, you know, the chefs are just, you know, with their tweezers up at the front and like they're just plating everything. Well, that's not how we're going to do it anymore. You know, we're going to make it to where our strongest people, and this is taken from a gentleman named uh, Magnus Nielsen um, mm. uh, at Fofkin, well, no longer Fofkin. And he was like, My strongest people, they're cooking in the back. The people who are just now here, they're at the front placing, you know, garnishes because if a piece of parsley falls off, that's not the same as undercooking a piece mm-hmm. of beef. So, yeah. I have one last question for you. Yes. Because you've, you've alluded to the fact that you've got such time that goes into the menus that you're planning. Mm-hmm. What's the one on the future scape that you are most excited about? Spoiler alert us. All right. So it was going to be this year. It's not going to be this year anymore um, because we're going to do it right. But the movie that I actually watch every quarter to keep me inspired um, and the one that I think is so perfectly set up for what we do is that at some point, there's not a specific date on it, but at some point we will be doing a Willy Wonka dinner. I love that. Which, that's going to be, like, I want people to not feel like they are in a restaurant anymore when they have that dinner. And I want them to just be completely taken to a different realm. And just so I'm clear, Mm I'm talking Gene Wilder? Are we talking Johnny Depp? Like, what are we talking? Talking Roald Dahl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Both. Okay, so, yeah. Yes. But, like, did you have a specific one that you watch more than another? Yes, so I watch both of them. Um, I will watch probably the Gene Wilder one maybe a couple more times. But um, I think, I do think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory gets a bad rap because it was, you know, everyone was expecting, you know, a similar thing to what Gene Wilder did, and they didn't think of the possibility of, okay, there's a different way of telling this story. I was expecting Tim Burton, and I got what I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought it was on I thought it was Tim great. Burton. I thought it was great. And I, hopefully there will be another one, too. Um, well, I know, think, you know, to your point, like, that's an amazing Roald Dahl story yeah. uh, among many giants. Yeah. Um, I will say that um, <clears throat> one time, like, it was right when I got, like, I was like, Justin, what's your favorite tattoo that you've ever done? And he was like, 
yours that I'm doing right now. Oh, and I'm like, what? It's <laughs> like, this is your favorite one. It was like, it was, you know. What like, is it? Show us. It's, it's a cock. Okay. The with a chef hat. Rooster. It's a rooster. It's yeah. just a giant yeah. penis just, with well, a yeah. chef hat We're painting on. the story yeah. here. Yeah. So, um, but he was like, yeah, it's that one. I was like, really? He goes, yeah. I was like, what's your second favorite tattoo? And he's like, the one I did yesterday. And he was like, whatever I'm working on right now, like that's what's what I'm obsessed favorite? with. Yes. That's what I'm working on. So like right now, all I can think about is sauce because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I just like, I know what this menu can be. And I know that my team is at the point where we can achieve that. Like that's been the most frustrating thing the past year and a half is like, I have A, B and C menus that we can do. And we've been doing C menus and then B menus. We've yet to do an A menu where it's like, this is highest possible way of us doing this menu. And I haven't felt like that with any menu that we've done. And I am shook yeah. by that statement as a as a participant, right? Yeah. To be like, holy shit, we had a C or a B dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say That's on exciting. a scale of one to ten, the Tarantino dinner that we did was about a four. <laughs> oh man, we have Fuck. so much to enjoy. Hey, yeah. can I make yeah. a request? Yeah. For a scump. Oh. I want a for a scump theme. So there's so much to do there. There is a lot to do there. <laughs> Licensing is a huge deal. <sighs> Licensing is a major deal. Um, How did you do Tarantino that way? Because that's a ton of license. So that's what you, you just think. Messaging him on Instagram, and he said, "Yep." <laughs> so that's what you think, but he actually sets it up in the best way ever. So the way that we, um, so the only thing that actually truly matters is if you do an individual movie, or you, or you showcase an individual, um, like an individual artist or album. That's where it makes it a little bit more difficult. But what's really interesting is like if you look up any soundtrack of Quentin Tarantino, over half of them are blocked out. It's not because the artist didn't want to be on the soundtrack for that. It's because Quentin Tarantino wanted to make sure that they got the right mm-hmm. amount of money. Mm. So we were technically we were technically sourcing each one of those individual artists. Love that. Um, so that's where it's a little bit difficult. But like. I mean, it's wild. I mean, one day, regardless, because no one's ever done something like this, we're going to get sued by someone. Yeah. It's going to happen one day, and that's totally fine. Elton's coming for so, you. Oh, my God. That's the first one where we're like, fuck it. But, you know, <laughs> what's really cool about Elton is that he um, he's actually really, like, cheap on the licensing of his music. Hmm. But, like, we can't do certain things. We can't, like, I had to say that it's the Rocket Man dinner instead of the Elton John dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, shit like that. Um, so this is a whole thing that I think the lay person would never understand. And we never want them to know that. Yeah. Um, well, we wanted to, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too late. sorry to all, well, however many people listen to this. We'll go Will Smith it's, and like flashy thing. So everybody's many. Memories. It's yeah. so many. So many, Sam. But, um, but yeah, I know time, time's running short. Probably. I guess we are, we are short, but this has been fantastic. And I think you. we could probably continue this conversation Correct. many times. So, so what I will commit to, and I, I'll mm-hmm. speak for Abby as well, is we obviously need to experience more than just the one special dinner. The yeah. one special dinner. There's so much more that you have on the near horizon mm-hmm. and also in the years to come. Mm-hmm. So I'm frankly excited for not just what you intend to do with your own spaces, but like mm-hmm. you've been saying, you're breeding this whole new... <laughs> little Cloud, army yeah. of yeah. of of proteges that are going to take the stratosphere up uh, in Charlotte. So I will say on behalf of Charlotteans, thank you thank for you. that because we need that. Thanks. Um, and I look forward to uh, getting real fat on the product Hell of yeah. yours. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad that you. Um, I'm glad that you came in. I 
I'm really excited to host you all again. And hopefully, you know, the goal is every single time that you come in, we get better. Um, so, thank you. All right, well, yeah. blow us away, man. <laughs> On and We're going to try. I mean, We're going to try. I mean, sauce, sauce is the last menu of our current location I was, before we I was, I was really stressing about not being able to make that one, and I may have, I don't know what to do with my life now, because for me, like, sauce dishes, sauced dishes are, like, my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Because so often you go and you find recipes, and they just they don't have one, right? Like you're trying yeah. to find something to make and it never has one. And for me, that is a component that brings a dish well, together. And we'll and give look. you the physical recipe for that sauce too. So final thing, Kay. this little teaser, Kay. every main theme has a story that you buy a ticket for and then a story that actually happens. So like, for example, our covers menu, it was more than just covering the greatest Michelin star chefs in the history of the world. It was showcasing, you know, chefs of color, women who were the first three Michelin star like chefs, you know, so on and so forth. Um, our color dinner, you know, everyone thought it was just going to be monochromatic plates where we did a little light show. And then they realized, no, this is all about how the chef is bipolar and taking people on a bipolar trip. So like, there's always a reasoning and a different story that's much more deep than what you sign up for. For sauce, we're going to do the same thing. It's not just going to be about sauce. You know, it is, we are going to take you back to culinary school. And we are going to show you what you have to learn in order to get through culinary school and what that looks like. And then throughout that night, um, because I'm not going to give everything away, but throughout that night, it's all the other things that I learned along the way while I was in culinary school and like increasing that knowledge. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. Yeah. Well, this Sign isn't where I, I mean, I wish I hadn't just bought a horse because <laughs> this is you where I just bought a horse. I have a horse. Yeah. She bought a you horse. You have a horse. Do you want to see pictures of my horse? You what? I do. Yeah. Well, you can come hang we'll out. We'll do the slideshow. You can come yeah. see him. He's super nice. Man. You got to come first. Though. I still need to. Yeah. I'm not sure I could fit on him. He's so he's, he's so tiny. He's, he's very wee. He's an Icelandic horse. He's an Icelandic horse. Mm-hmm. His name is Magni, which means mighty in Icelandic. I call him Magna Doodle. Feels more appropriate. Well, that's a strong way to end the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. Uh, breaking news on the podcast. It won't stop her from accompanying me to uh, counter in whatever no, it we won't. can catch. So um, Magni can just deal with being a little... He can go uh, hungry so yeah. I can eat. He'll be fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. He eats grass on the ground. It's fine. But Chef Sam, thank you so much for thank being you. here. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Can't wait to experience Counter and Biblio and everything else that you've mm-hmm. got up your sleeve in the future. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a great time. We'll see you there. We will be. For this batch, my name is Jen. My name is Abby. And this has been Amused Bush. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com